Right, so uh, we serve an awesome God, and uh, you know His kingdom is so available to us, uh, and, and we're not supposed to. It shouldn't be in our Christian walk that these kinds of stories are like far and few between. This should be the normal occurrence in our lives. Like the n- the supernatural should be completely natural for us. It should be like this is what we walk in. Hey, um, there's a blind guy. I'm praying for the blind guy. He gets healed. All right, let's go get something to eat. You know, instead, it's like, let's build, people are like, let's build an altar around that miracle. No, 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 miracles should be normal, part of our Christian life, because signs and wonders follow. So this is just like, this should be, we're breathing. We're praying for sick people that are getting healed. They go, they go hand in hand. And so, like, anyhow, so uh, <laughs> this past Sunday, um, Sunday evening, there was a family having, a, um, a, this family right here, Schultz's family. They're having a, a camp, a bonfire, and a bunch of the people from our church were up there. And one of the families that were there, th- um, their their last name is Burton. So I'll just you'll hear that name in the story. So the Burtons were there, and and as the Burtons were getting ready to leave their their family party, Mr. Burton hears the Spirit of the Lord say, uh, "Drive the other way home." They has two ways to get home to his home in Addison from where these guys live in 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 Gibson or uh, yeah, Kayton. Sorry. Okay, and so there's a couple ways home, and, and he hears the Spirit of the Lord say, go the other way, and, and he's like, I don't want to go that way, because it's like, that's kind of out of the way, and it's getting, it's like dark, and there's deer, and it's just a pain in the butt, but he couldn't get away from it, so he says to his wife, Kathy, we're, go- we're going this way home, and, and as soon as he gets on that road, he hears the demonic, like a, this, this demonic voice in his face say, what are you doing? You're going the wrong way. You're going to get lost. You're going to run out of gas. You, this is not the right way to go home. And he hears all of this voice coming at him, which made him all the more want to go that way home. So he's like, no, no, I, I know I heard God. So he's driving. He, he said he's like having this conversation with himself, it sounded like, but he's really speaking to this voice he's hearing. And so he's going down, comes around a corner, and there's a motorcycle wedged underneath the guardrail. And so he pulls over his family. His kids are in the car. He pulls over. He's like, I got to check this out because I feel like we got to stop. So, he, of course, you got to stop. Uh, and, and so he gets out, and he walks over, and there's no one there. He looks over, and there's a body laying on the ground. And uh, he walks over the body completely lifeless, white, pale, not breathing, n- nothing happening. The guy is dead. And, and so he's like, oh, my goodness, we, 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 have a, we found a dead guy. I don't know what to do. We found a dead guy. So he goes back to he's, like, kind of freaking out. There's a dead dude right here. So he goes back to the car. And uh, s- it says, Kathy, you need to call 911. Uh, he's dead, and we need to get someone down here to get his body. And uh, he, he starts to walk back towards the body, and, and hears the Spirit of the Lord say, pray for him. He's mine, or pray for him. He, 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 he knows me, but he's walked away from me. So he goes over, and he goes to touch the body, and he hears that, that condemning voice, that accusing voice again. As he goes down to touch the body again, he, he, he hears this voice say, don't touch him. He's not yours. I already have him. He's mine. And it, which, of course, made him want to touch him even more. <laughs> so he puts his hands on the guy's chest. And all of a sudden, as he, as he puts his hands on his chest, it's like he has this vision. And he sees, like, the ground is gone. It's like there's an abyss, like this darkness. And he sees his soul down in, like, this abyss, in this darkness, like in hell, going down. And, he, and his hands on his chest, and he says, in the name of Jesus, not tonight. That's all he says. And he says he sees the soul all of a sudden coming right back towards the body. And all of a sudden the guy goes, <gasps> and starts to breathe. And his color came back into his skin. He just starts to breathe. And uh, he sees, like, in the vision, he sees his soul start to go up instead of going down into this abyss. And then the EMTs are getting there, and, and they're like, you guys got to go. So he goes home. And uh, 
you know, goes home into a normal life. And, uh, and his kids uh, helped us. Our church does a Nerf camp for, for boys. We shoot Nerf guns all day at each other. It's just fun. And so this week has been Nerf camp. And so his kids helped us with Nerf camp. So Monday we're setting up for our Nerf camp. And one of my good friends who is a helper for Nerf camp, he's like my age and he's in the army. Uh, he's still actively in the army, served in Afghanistan, Iraq. And he comes in to help us with Nerf camp early Monday morning. He's like, man, one of my uh, one of my best friends, the driver, our Humvee in the heat of battle. Man, this guy's like we've been through thick together, and uh, I've known him since he was a little kid. He died last night, motorcycle accident. And one of the Burton boys goes, "You mean you mean Josh?" And so my friend Dave, he's like, "How do you know him?" And the Burton boy's like, "Well, my dad raised him from the dead last night." He's <laughs> like, "What? He's dead though." Like, yeah, yeah. So what happened is the EMTs got there, but he ended up dying later on in the night. And, uh, and the whole concern was this guy served the Lord when he was a kid, raised in church, raised in Christianity, went away into to war. When he came back, he walked completely away from the Lord, got into drugs, alcohol, the party scene, got into the girls, got, just walked away from God. And, and uh, the concern of the mom, the concern of all of his Christian friends was did he get a chance to make his life right? And, and then they hear the rest of the story. The Burton boy's like, um, yeah, my dad raised him from the dead and, and, and started, like, speaking all this stuff over him and heard the Lord say he, he knows me, but he's walked away. And, and then his soul came. And, like, and all this stuff happened. And they're like, are you kidding me? He got a chance to get his life right. You know, so, like, this miraculous thing happened. And, and at first they were, like, bummed out like he died again. And then they realized, wait a minute. The whole purpose of us driving down this road was, it was redemption. And now there's redemption. And our God is a redeeming God, and he will use the miraculous. He wants to use the miraculous for redemption. And so stories like that, uh, you know, it, it's just simple act of obedience leads to the miraculous. You know, it's like, so, so never second guess what God calls you to because you don't know what's going to unfold. And it might seem like, why would God tell me to drive a certain way home? You don't know what God has in store. Why would God tell me to go talk to that person? I don't even like that person. You don't know what God wants to do through that person. You know, we, we, why do we get, why do we like second guess God? He's God. And he's got this crazy thing in store. So anyhow, that's a, that's like the uh, little testimony uh, to whet your appetite. Man, we should be like hungering this kind of stuff. God told us to seek it. He said, seek first the kingdom of God. So if you have, if you're like seeking miracles, and I'm not seeking miracles just to like, it just just for the heck of it. I'm seeking miracles because I want to boast in my God. I'm seeking miracles because my God is the God of miracles. I'm seeking miracles because 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 God said to seek first the kingdom, and miracles are in the kingdom. It's part of it. It's our birthright as Christians, and we we should be going after that. He said to do it, and so it shouldn't be like something we're like afraid to. to we should be going after that. We should be praying for sick people. And you want to see people get healed? Pray for them. <laughs> this is just as simple as it is. So t tonight, I want to I want to get into the word uh, tonight real quick. Second um, Corinthians ten. Uh, I I want you to turn to Second Corinthians ten. Uh, we'll have it up on the on the screen too. I think. Um, how many guys? Uh, we it's it's pretty wild during worship. Uh, Pastor Sean was talking about different things like in the mind, like things that happen in our thought life and in our mind. And I want to address some things tonight. Um, how many guys ever, like, during worship at multiple times have troubles, like, your mind is, like, you're, like, daydreaming? You guys ever daydream? How many guys have daydreamed, like, a hundred times just in the past hour? Like, seriously, like, you daydream all the time, don't you? Like, during worship, you're, like, 
you're thinking about like, man, I'm really hungry. <laughs> Burgers are awesome. And it's like the presence of God is here. <laughs> like, if we date, our minds are like insane. Your mind can be like the most awesome tool or it can be the, like the, the biggest hindrance in your life. In fact, you know the first message Jesus ever preached? You know what it is? The first message Jesus ever preached, he actually preached what John the Baptist has been preaching. John the Baptist has been preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus, the first message he preached in the public ministry that we see is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know what repent means? It does mean turn from your sin, but it also means change the way you think. Jesus, the first message he's ever preaching to the church and to the people is change the way you think, because if you don't change the way you think, you're going to miss the kingdom of heaven, which is right here at hand. On arms reach, reach away, the kingdom of heaven is about to explode. Here I am, the Son of God, in your midst, and you're going to miss me because you won't change the way you think. And all these Pharisees and all these Sadducees and all the church people are thinking, well, when, when the Son of God comes, he's going to come on a chariot, and he's just going to take over and kill all the sinners and, and set up his kingdom. And Jesus is saying, change the way you think, boys, because here I am. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And we still have to take that message. We have to repent, change the way we think. There's so much that happens in our mind. And so if you have a hard time, I know we all do, have a hard time focusing, have a hard time. And uh, how many of you guys at, at different times will think about yourself as worthless? Or you don't have to raise your hand. Think about yourself as, as a loser. Think, like, I can't do that, or I'll never be able to do that. Or, yeah, that pastor, is do, or that person does that. Or that, wow, wow, she can sing like that. Or, wow, that person can paint like that. Or that person can dance. I'll never be able to be like that. I'm not good enough. I'll, I'll never be good enough. And you think that way in your mind. You guys ever have thoughts like that? You're thinking of yourself as worthless. You're thinking of yourself as, as not good enough. I'm finding more and more people that have completely low self-esteem. They look at on the outside, but inside they think they're worthless. In their minds, they think they're worthless. This, it's, this is a powerful thing, guys. In fact, in Proverbs it says, as a man thinks, so he is. We have to begin to think the way God tells us to think and not just let our minds run crazy. Not, not believe what someone else says. Not believe what the demonic says. Not believe what we say about ourselves. And, and, and we got to start believing what, that we are who God says we are. And, and, uh, the, the demonic will constantly try to remind you uh, and, and try to condemn you and try to, try to make you feel worthless. And he'll even try to remind you of your past and he'll say things like, like well, you screwed up before, you're going to screw up again. Do you, you guys want to know something pretty wild? You can, have you guys, do you guys, can you guys right now in your mind remember a sin, something you've done wrong? Can you remember doing something wrong in your life? No, yeah, like five minutes ago. You're <laughs> like, Jesus can't. God doesn't remember that. We, our minds remember it. He, 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 he wipes it clean, forgets it. As far as the east is from the west so far, that's how far he's removed our transgressions from us. It's like God doesn't remember what we remember. He, he, he sees us as like you're a new creation. But the enemy will try to remind you of what you did in the past to keep you living in the past. Where God doesn't remember your past, but he knows your future. And he says, I have a future and a hope for you. I don't know your past that's washed in the blood of Jesus, but I know your future. The devil knows your past, but guess what? I know his future. It's liar, liar, you're going to the lake of fire. And he's going to try to remind me of my past, but I know his future. So I'm not going to let him remind me of my past. And that's all stuff that happens up here. Man, there's a battle that happens in our minds. And if you have a hard time, if you feel like you're losing that battle, you have a hard time focusing, you have a hard time uh, uh, connecting to God in, in, in worship, or a hard, hard time just like thinking that you have value, it's because you're not using the weapon God gave you. 
I'm serious. God gave you a weapon to control this. Look at 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. Do we have that on there? Um, too many bookmarks. They're falling out all over the place. Paul, he says, I beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ in the presence and based among you, but being absent and bold towards you, I beseech you that you may behold. This is not the verse I'm looking for. <laughs> this is a good verse and everything. Uh, oh, this is one. Can we do four? And <laughs> like, I, I know I read this verse in the midst of this, but we got to go on. Yeah. I know, I'm like, I'll, I'll go with this, man. Like, we could talk about this. Here we go. We're talking, here we go. <laughs> though I walk, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war in the flesh. The, the, the weapons of our warfare aren't carnal. You know, you know, like, I, I'm not going to pull out a gun. I have a pistol. I don't have it on me. See, uh, but I have a pistol, and I'm not going to pull out a pistol and shoot a demon and kill. I, this, the weapons that I have, man, I, it doesn't work that way. The weapons of our warfare aren't pistols and knives. Man, they're, they're actually more powerful than pistols and knives and shotguns and all that kind of stuff. They're not of this world. It says that, that they're mighty in God. They're not carnal. They're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. That's the first one. Let's go to the next thing. The, for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. That's in your mind. Casting down imaginations. And bringing every high thing that exalts itself against God, the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought. The weapons, listen to this, the weapons of our warfare are for bringing thoughts captive. If you have a hard time bringing your thoughts captive, it's because you're not using the weapon God gave you. You're walking around with a weapon, and you don't know how and when to use it. And most Christians don't. They don't they, we've got, we're, we're, we're packing. We, we, are so, we are so locked and loaded for war, and we don't know how to use the weapons we have. And that's why no one can control their minds. They can't control their thoughts. They think they're worthless. They can't focus and worship because we're not using the weapon God gave us. What's the weapon God gave us? Well, one of them right here, we have more than one, by the way. You have an arsenal available to you. But here's too many bookmarks. Here's one of the weapons. This is a weapon God used. That's a book. Yeah. What are you going to do? Like, demon. Whack. You know, the, so he got a big Bible, man, because this is your weapon. No, no, no. I'll tell you why this is a weapon. Jesus, God says, this is the sword of the spirit. This is the sword. He looks at this and doesn't see a nice book with, uh, that, that just sits on a shelf. He says, that's a sword. Why are you walking around not using your sword? This is a sword. The sword of the spirit is the word of the Lord. He sees this as a sharper than a two-edged sword. This not only will pierce into the joints of marrow, this not only will, will, will pierce into my physical body, but this will go into my soul and my spirit. It's actually a discerner of my thoughts, the Bible says. So this is a weapon God gave us to use, so we need to use it, amen? We need to, to, to rehearse it, to read it, and, and I'll tell you what, as you read this, you hear God's thoughts. So tonight, I simply want to uh, give us some thoughts the way God thinks, because there's a lot happening in our minds. And so I'm going to start off just by reading to you different things of how God thinks about himself, who God thinks about himself. And as Christians, you're going to find that you're going to be able to believe this kind of stuff because we believe God is who he says he is, don't we? Amen? Do you believe God is who he says he is? So the Bible says, God says, I am the great I am. 
And he says, I'm the I am. In fact, that's so powerful. We don't think of it as part. Why would God say, I am, I am? And in, in the garden, in the garden, when, when, they, when they went to arrest Jesus, they said, are you Jesus? Are you, are you Jesus? And he says, I am him. I am. You know what happened? All of the soldiers fell down. Read it. In the, in the, he, said, he said, I am. They all fall down. What the heck? There is so much power in God just proclaiming who he is. He says, I am. Are you Jesus? I am. They all fall down. And all of a sudden, a couple of verses later, it says there's a naked dude in grave clothes running through the garden. Why is there a dude with grave linens on running through the garden? Jesus said, I am. Soldiers fall down. A dead guy comes back to life and runs through the garden naked with grave clothes on. <laughs> Simply by him saying, I am. He is the great I am. He is the everlasting, ever-living God. He ever lives. He ever lasts. He is all-powerful, all-consuming. These are things he thinks about himself. He says this. He is our banner. Jehovah Nisi, our banner. His banner over us is love. He's our banner. He is Jehovah Ra'a, our shepherd. He's a shepherd to us. A shepherd is, 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 is someone that that leads sheep, and sheep are sometimes really foolish. And here we are, sheep, but, and sometimes we're really foolish, but he's our shepherd. In fact, he's such a good shepherd that he will lead us in, in quiet places with, with, with peaceful uh, places for us to rest in. He's a shepherd that will lead us through valleys of death, valleys of hard times and troubles. He'll lead you through, through, through places where you feel like you're completely alone, but he's a good shepherd and he won't leave you. He'll be there with you. And, and he's a shepherd that will make sure, because he's such a good shepherd, he will make sure that there's goodness and mercy hot on your tail following you all the days of your life. He's with you. He's a shepherd. He says that he's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals, the Bible says. He's our healer. You believe God's a healer? He says, he says, he thinks about himself. When he thinks about himself, I'm a healer. He's a provider. He's Jehovah Shalom, my peace, the Prince of Peace. In fact, his peace surpasses my understanding. He wants to be your peace. He wants, when you think of God in your mind, when you think of God, he wants him to be the source of your peace. So when you need comfort, when you need peace in your life, you don't turn to a person, you don't turn to a thing, you don't turn to a hobby, you don't turn to a video, you don't turn to, to however you used use to connect to feel peace. He wants to be the source of peace in your life. And so much so that when there's complete trouble in the world, you have peace. And people look at you and say, there is absolutely no reason you should be feeling peace right now. Well, his peace surpasses understanding. So it might not make sense, but I still have peace because he's the prince of my peace. Uh, the Bible says that he is the Lord of hosts, the commander of the angel armies. He has, uh, he has army uh, of angels available, and, and man, they're all around. He is the commander of the angel armies. Uh, he says that he is the author and the finisher. Are you going to let God be the author and the finisher of your life? That means you've got to let him write your life. He's the author. He writes it. In fact, it says that we are his workmanship, which the word workmanship is poema in the Greek. We're his poem. He's writing us. He's our author. He's writing our lives. Without him, my life does not make sense, but he authors it. He puts words together and makes me into a poem. He's our author. He wants to write your life. He wants to write your future. In fact, he already writ your future. He wants to lead you into it. He wants to author your life. But not only is he the author, he's the finisher, the perfecter, the one that makes it all come together. So stop worrying about your future because he's a finisher. He is a perfect finisher. He will finish your life the way it's supposed to be. We worry so much about our future. My goodness, my future is, your future is secure in God. Who is God? He's my finisher. He's my perfecter, the perfecter of my faith, the Bible says. He's my finisher. In fact, even no matter how troubling times get, no matter trouble it is in the economy, trouble in the government, trouble in your family, he's the finisher. 
So even in trouble, he's going to finish you. He's going to bring you through to the end, the expected good end. He's going to perfect it. He's going to bring you through it. And, and speaking of trouble, he is our very present help in the time of trouble, the Bible says. Our very present help. He's here in the time of trouble. He, he's not a minute too late or a minute too early. He's there. He's our very present help in a time of trouble. He's our forerunner. He goes before us, makes a way. He's our forerunner. He goes, clears a path, scares demons away, makes things happen, opens up doors that no man can close, closes doors he doesn't want us walking through. He's our forerunner, goes before us. He's in front of us and he's behind us because his glory is our rear guard, the Bible says. This is what he thinks about himself. This is what our minds should think about him because this is what he says. He is our high tower. He's our fortress. He's our shelter. He's our shield. All things that God is. All things that he thinks about himself. He's our fortress. He wants to be a fortress to you. He wants to be a protector to you. In fact, he, he, he wants to be a, a, a high tower around you so that no weapon that the enemy comes towards you with will prosper because he's your fortress. There is not a single fiery dart, a fiery lie, not a single lie of the enemy, not a single weapon of the enemy that can pierce through the stones of my fortress because my fortress is God. There's nothing that can get through the stones of this high tower because it's God. And speaking of stone, he's the chief cornerstone. The stone that the builders rejected is the chief cornerstone. And a, chief cor a cornerstone is, is, is the stone that you build the building off of. And so the cornerstone is the most important part because if the cornerstone is crooked, the whole building is going to be messed up. If the cornerstone is jacked up, that whole building is going to be jacked up. My life is built on the stone that the, building, the, the builders rejected it, but I'm not rejecting it. He's my chief cornerstone. Everything I am is built off that cornerstone. He wants to be a cornerstone in your life. He thinks of himself as a cornerstone of your life. He wants your life to be built off of him. How do you know that you're doing things right? Well, you're built on the cornerstone. You're in line with the cornerstone. I'm in the right way. And so he was, he's a cornerstone. He is the potter. We're clay. We're just, uh, I'm a lump of soft clay. Your job, my job is to be clay. Let him shape you. He wants to shape your life. He thinks of himself as a shaper, as a potter. He's the vine, the source of your life. We're branches. He's the vine. He's the source of your life. He is the, the way. He's the truth. He is the only truth. He is the only way. He is the resurrection and the life. This is how, this is how he thinks of himself. He thinks of himself as Abba, as Father. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows. He thinks of himself as a father. He wants to be a father to you because he thinks of himself as a father. Do you think of him as father? He thinks of himself as wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. He thinks of himself as wonderful counselor, everlasting God. He thinks of himself as the king of kings and the lord of lords, the fountain of living waters. He is the word. He is the bread of life. He is this word. He is this bread of life. He's the just one. And he is a judge. He's a judge. He is the lion and he's the lamb. I'm thankful for the lamb of God. Perfect lamb of God that went to the mercy seat. My propitiation, my, 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 my ransom, our ransom is the lamb of God. Perfect, faultless, sinless, died for me. The lamb of God that was slain for me. And he came as a lamb, but he's coming again. And he's going to come, I think, as a lion and he's the lion of Judah. And uh, man, watch out when that lion roars. You know what? He is the lily of the valley. He's the rose of Sharon. He is the pearl of great price. That all speaks of beauty. He is beautiful. The fairest of 10,000. The fairest of 10,000. The pearl of great price. That's who he is. He's my portion. He's the friend of sinners. Thank you, God, for being a friend of sinners. Because otherwise I would be screwed. 
food. He is the crucified and risen one. He is my refuge. He is the bishop of my soul, the Bible says. He is the light. He is the desire. I love this verse. He is the desire of all nations, not just the desire of America, not just not the desire of Israel. He's the desire of Iraq. He's the desire of Afghanistan. He is the desire of communist China. He's the desire of Russia. He's the desire of all nations. That's powerful. He is the God of heaven, the God of earth, the God of hope, the God of life, the God of joy, the God of love. I have a list uh, in my office of, of character traits, like who God is. It's over 930 names of God. That's who he thinks about himself. Do you believe those things? Do you believe that God is who he says he is? Do you guys believe that? That God is who he says he is? Do you think about that? That God is who he says he is? If you believe that God is who he says he is, then you know what? You have to believe that you are who he says you are. Because God doesn't tell half-truths like the enemy. God doesn't tell percentage truths like the devil. He is all the way true. And he says, this is who I am, and this is who you are. And yet in our minds, we say, yeah, God, this is who you are, but we suck. We're nothing. We're worthless. We're nobodies. If I believe that God is who he says he is, then I have to believe that I am who he says I am. I'm talking about things that happen in your mind, changing the way you think about yourself, the way you think about who you are. So let me just read you. I just want to read you quickly things that you are. You're the light of the world. That's what he said. He said, I'm the light of the world. Hey, disciples, you're the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify God in heaven. You're the light of the world. Think of yourself as the light of the world. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. That means you're victorious. Thanks be to God, 2 Corinthians. Thank you. Thanks be to God who leads us into triumph every single time. You are more than a conqueror. Stop thinking that you're worthless and you're not going to win. You're more than a conqueror. You are the head and not the tail. That's good. You're the apple of his eye, like the precious thing he looks at. I think I'm worthless. He thinks I'm the apple of his eye. What are you going to believe? You are his workmanship, created for good works. You are a child of God, no longer a slave to sin. It says in, in, in Galatians 4, 7, it says, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And because you're a son and daughter, you're now an heir. So stop thinking of yourself as a slave to sin. You've been set free from sin because he who the son sets free is free indeed. And you're free from sin. Now you're a son, a child of God, and you're an heir with Christ. If there's any, anyone that you want to be an heir of, it's, it's definitely God. Come on. You are justified. You are redeemed one. You are uh, the called out ones. You are the chosen ones. You are a citizen of heaven. This might be where you work, but that's home. This is just where I work. I'm going home. I'm a citizen of heaven. If we actually thought of ourselves as, as citizens of heaven, we would be way less worried about our fashion and our style because home is what matters, not my fashion and my style. You'd be way less worried about updating your Facebook status every five minutes. and You'd be way less worried about that, 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 what that person, because I don't care if I don't have a cool car. I don't care if I, because this is just where I work. I'm going home. I'm a citizen of heaven. Do you think of yourself as a citizen of heaven? I'm talking about changing the way you think about yourself. You are a bought one. You've been bought by the blood of Jesus. You're, you're made blameless before God. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You've been made blameless before God. And even if you pass through waters, it says in Isaiah 43, if you pass through waters, he's with you. If you go through the, through the river, they won't overtake you. If you go through the fire, it won't burn you. You are like, 
almost invincible, it sounds like. This is like, I'm like a superhero or something. This is weird. And like, do you know who you are in Christ? You know what? You know how the devil can keep the church from being victorious? Just by letting us believe that we're nothing. He doesn't have to do anything. We, we just do it to ourselves because we just think we're worthless. We think that we're nothing. We think that we can't, we don't deserve miracles or we can't get to the miraculous. He, uh, he just lets us do that. Let me read a bunch of these verses. I, I'm going to close real quick here. We're called to go out into all the world. It says in Deuteronomy 28 that he will establish us. Do you believe that? We are the root of righteousness. Our gifts will make room for you. Your, your gifts will make room for you. You don't have to worry about your future. Your gifts will make room for you. Do you believe that? Uh, the Bible says that where sin abounds, grace abounds more. Do you ever think about that? Instead, we walk around thinking like, oh my goodness, our culture is so sin-filled. Oh my goodness, like we have like the worst generation in the world. We think homosexuality is awesome and abortion is everywhere. And y- I'm going to tell you guys, you know what? I'm not denying that. Like America right now is more sin-filled than it probably ever has been in the history of America. We are more sin-filled now than ever before. We are filled with sin. And we walk around like it's like the end of the world. You know what my Bible says? You know what God thinks about that? When God thinks about that, he doesn't go, oh my goodness, this is horrible. What God thinks is, where sin abounds, grace abounds more. Young people, I am believing for the greatest outpouring of grace that this world has ever seen. Because where sin abounds, grace abounds more. And if we are more sin-filled than we've ever been, then we're about to be more grace-filled than we've ever been. I am believing for a revival of grace. How are people saved? By grace. We are going to see a revival of grace. Where sin abounds, grace abounds more. we got to stop thinking like it's worthless and, and it, there's no hope and it's going to end. And it's gonna, we're all going, like America's going to hell in a handbasket. This is all going to be, this is horrible. We're going to be judged off the face of the earth. Grace is coming. That's what God thinks, where sin abounds, grace abounds more. He, he, he says, Acts 1-8, that you receive power when the Spirit of God comes. Do you know that you are a powerhouse? You receive power when the Spirit of God comes on you. Dunamis, miracle power when the Spirit of God comes on you. And we walk around powerless, like, oh, I'm nothing, I'm worthless, I can't do anything, I'm, I'm just a nobody. Do you know who you are? Do you know that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we walk around thinking that we're worthless. And inside of us, the spirit of God is like, oh, let me out, let me out, let me out, let me out. He just wants to heal and, and, and do miracles. Do you know who you are? Do you know the authority that you have? Says, Jesus said to the disciples in Luke, he says, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. Yeah, the enemy has power, but you have authority over that power. Do you know who you are? Stop thinking that you're less than that. Because you know what? If you guys think that you're worthless, if you think that you're nobody, if you think that you can't do miracles, if you think that, that y- you're not good enough, either God's lying or your own thoughts are lying to you. Either God's lying, and I'm not the light of the world, God's lying, and I, I don't have power. God's lying. Either God's lying, and I'm not a new creation, and old things have passed away, or I'm lying to myself and calling myself worthless. And I'm pretty sure God's not a liar. So if you believe in your mind, and you let yourself think that you're worthless, then you're calling God a liar. So we've got to choose which one are we going to think here. The Apostle Paul says, take your thoughts captive, which literally means lock them up into a prison. So it's time for us as believers to lock up our thoughts, lock it up, and believe God is who he is, says he is, and you are who he says you are. Walk in victory. Walk in power. Walk in signs and wonders. Believe it in your mind. Think it in your mind. 
As a man thinks in his mind and in his heart, so he is. Stop thinking yourself is down here. This is what God says about you. Walk in authority. Walk in power. Walk in grace. We let so much of this determine who we are. You know what, guys? The Bible says to take your thoughts captive. But so many Christians live captive to their thoughts. My thoughts don't lead me. I lead my thoughts. My thoughts don't control me. I control my thoughts. You know what prison is full of? A bunch of people that let their thoughts lead them. I just want to kill that person right now. All right, I'll do it. You should have controlled your thought. My thoughts don't lead me. I lead my thoughts. And you know what? When you learn how to take captive your thoughts and your imagination, it becomes a tool and a weapon in the mind of God, in the eyes of God, and in God's hands. And all of a sudden, your thoughts go from, like, running wild to, like, you have, like, heavenly kingdom thoughts. Your mind is, like, invaded with, like, dreams from God. We got to take our thoughts captive. And we got to end. It's, like, time to end. So listen, <coughs> I'm going to pray tonight. This, I have, like, m- I'm not even kidding you, like, lists. Like, it just goes on of, like, who you are in Christ. If you, like, have doubts in your mind of who you are, open this up. I have, like, this is, like, tons of, like, this is who you are, and this is promises I have for you, and this is what I think about you, and this is, this is my plan for you. And this is, like, verse after verse after verse. And the Bible says whatever things are pure, true, just, of good report, noble, think about those things. Meditate. Rethink and rethink and rethink about those things. Stop thinking about I'm worthless, I'm worthless, I'm worthless. Start thinking this is who I am in Christ. This is who I'm created to be. So uh, I want to pray for you real quick uh, tonight as, w- as we close. And, uh, and I, w- I want to encourage you to, to, to start purposing in your mind to think about Dream about God and dream about his kingdom. Like, get creative in your, in your thinking. I don't think that, like, scares God. He wants us to have, like, God. Like, this is something that, that I think about sometimes. It's like a daydream. Imagine if there were so much miracles in our valley that the hospitals shut down because everyone was getting healed. But the ambulance services stayed in, in service, and they just drove to the nearest church. Like, that would be so wild. Call up the church. We got, we got, we got someone coming at you. Like, you stop breathing. You don't have a beat, heartbeat. We're coming to your church. Like, that's foolish, Pastor John. Stop daydreaming. Why? Because that daydreaming makes me hungry for the kingdom of God. <laughs> or I can think about, man, I really blew it earlier. I suck. I have so, like, I don't know if this is going to work. I have bills to pay. We could just think negative. Well, we can control our thoughts. Why do I worry about my bills? My God's my provider. I, I'm a wor- I work, but my God's my provider. Why are we anxious? Why are we worrying? Every thought of, of fer- fear and worry doesn't come from God because he didn't give us a spirit of fear. But why am I letting my mind run this way when, when, when God has a future and a hope for me? We let our minds just run wild. We do. We, like... Have you ever just been, like, going about your normal day and all of a sudden, like, you're panicking about something because you let your, you let your thoughts run wild? Man, lock it up. Take your thoughts captive. Lock it up. And meditate on this. And all of a sudden, instead of, like, freaking out, you're, like, you're, like realizing the kingdom of God is at hand. Do you know who you are in Christ? He wants you to start to think that you are who he says you are. <coughs> he says about you. He says about you guys. 
He says, I've given you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever things you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Whatever things you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. You literally possess the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and everywhere you walk, you can unlock the supernatural. You have the keys of the kingdom of heaven. That's what he thinks about you. You think about yourself, you're like, oh, I'm nobody. What he thinks about you, so either he's lying or you're lying. Either he's lying or I'm lying. So I've decided in my life, I'm going to stop thinking I'm down here. Uh, God says that I have the keys. I better start living like I have the keys. I'm not walking around in pride. I'm not boasting. I'm boasting in my God. I'm not walking around like I'm like the Savior of the world. No, I'm walking around like I'm supposed to as a Christian. We are light. We have the life of Christ in us. We got to stop thinking we're worthless. Man, the devil, will, will, he will win. If we, if we just think we're worthless, we'll never walk in the victory we're supposed to because we're scared to. We don't think we can win. When he looks at us, he says, you're more than a conqueror. I want you guys to stand up real quick. I just want to pray over you tonight, a real simple prayer, that God would take uh, our thought life to another level. Pastor Sean was talking about different uh, things that happen in this spiritual In the same way in the physical, you have like the sensories, like smell and touch and this stuff. What he's saying is completely true. There are things in the spiritual that, that sometimes freak people out, but they're, so, they're more real than this stuff. They're eternal. Where this, everything like this, my smell right now, all this stuff, it's, it's going to go to the grave. But the spiritual senses, they go for eternity. And your spirit right now is crying out for the spirit of God. The deep in you is crying out for the, it's, it, it, it's real. And so things happen in our mind that we aren't even like, aware of at times. And I, I just want to pray that <coughs> God would release dreams and visions and, and things that would happen in our minds. And our, you know, I, I want to pray that if you have a hard time uh, focusing on God or even like taking thoughts captive, I just want to pray for you. And, and um, we, we just want to believe that something supernatural would happen in, in our thought life, even to have like God dreams, like you know, like we call them daydreams, but like God dreams, like you just have these wild thoughts from God. Because a lot of times God speaks to you in your mind. Do you know that? He like thought talks you. I, I've never heard an audible voice from God. I've heard angels singing in church. That was kind of crazy. I've heard, I've, heur- I've never heard an audible voice of God. It's always like in my mind. He like speaks to me. And the Bible says, it says that precious are your thoughts towards me. This is King David. Plentiful are your thoughts toward me. More than the number of sands on the sand on the seashore is how much you think about me. If God is thinking about you that much, how much sand is on the sea? Billions and billions and billions and billions of grains of sand. If God has that many thoughts towards you, how come I only hear his thoughts once every other month? If he has that many thoughts towards me, shouldn't I be hearing him all the time? Why am I not hearing him all the time? Because my mind is running wild and I can't hear him. There's so much noise up here. So we wanna, I, I, I want to pray real quick that, that God would give us, like, the supernatural grace that, like, I would be able to shut up, you know, and just hear him. It's like, quiet down. That's why the apostle says, take that and lock it up. And we need grace to do that. So, Father, I ask you right now for a supernatural grace to be released in our lives, that we would have this ability to take our thoughts captive. 
Lord, I thank you that you give us the weapon of your word. And, and, and Lord, we proclaim that over ourselves. We proclaim that over each other now in the name of Jesus, that we are more than conquerors, that we are the apple of your eye, that we are uh, uh, living temple of your presence, that we are the ones that house you. Lord, we believe it. We confess it. We say yes to it. We say amen to it. We shout it from the rooftop. We say yes to that word. Yes to your word. Yes, we take that word and we use it as a weapon and we cut the voice of the accuser in the name of Jesus. We bind it from our lives. We cut it off from our lives. The voice of condemnation, we say you have no place in our life. Get away in Jesus' name. I've been bought. I've been chosen. I've been called out and I'm rooted in the Lord. He is my rock and he is my salvation. So accuser in the name of Jesus, be gone. I bind you from my life. I tell you to get out in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that you call us to be people of purpose. And Lord, we thank you that you have purposed us and you have a future and a hope for us. And God, we believe that. We confess it and we say yes to it. And God, I thank you that that you are an awesome God and you are everything you say you are. And, and we confess that tonight. But we also thank you, God, that we are who you say we are. And God, I ask you that you would begin to transform our lives. Lord, your word says that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. So I ask you that our minds would begin to be renewed. God, you say that we are a new creation. I ask you for new minds. God, that you would give us the mind even of a child, that we would think just as it is. Just you are who you say you are and we are who you say we are. God, I ask you for renewed minds, renewed thinking. Lord, that we would be transformed. And I ask you, God, that... In our thought life, we would have this thing, the, the shift happen that all of a sudden we would go from thinking it's impossible to thinking it's easy. That all of a sudden we would go from, from thoughts of doubt to thoughts of faith. God, I ask you that as your word runs swiftly in our lives, as your word is cutting into the areas of our lives, God, that faith would arise and our thought life would change from impossible to possible. That our thought life would change from, from I'm scared to I'm going to go pray for a sick person. God, that our thought life would change from... I, I only see miracles on the mission field that, that it would go from I'm going to see miracles every day of my life because they're going to follow me. Lord, I, I ask you for a shift in, in, the, in the thought realm of our lives and I ask you even now for a release. Lord, we ask you for a release over our lives of dreams and visions. Lord, I ask you that we would begin to experience things in the spiritual realm that, that, we, that we, we know are there but we would begin to experience them. Lord, I ask you that, that you would begin to do things in the spirit we even use those keys that you gave us and we unlock now the, the kingdom over our lives God I ask you for a release and an invasion of your kingdom in our lives God we we ask for it and we believe and we command it to be so in our lives we loose it over ourselves in Jesus name we loose your kingdom we loose your principles we loose your power in our lives in the name of Jesus amen Hey, be blessed, guys. Have a great night. We will see you in a month from now.